I am just uh, so honored to uh, introduce this brother and sister. They have an incredible anointing, an incredible gift, an incredible ministry. They are watchmen on the wall at Azusa Street. They are they are the mighty couple. God has God has entrusted Azusa Street Mission and that anointing to carry it forward. I believe history will tell that Fred and Wilma were catalysts for bringing that anointing and that revival into this present season. I believe their work tirelessly there is a key part of this billion soul harvest. And Apostle Fred, he travels the world and he speaks all over the world. God gives him a mighty word for the church. Will you please stand and welcome this apostle as he gives a word today. Bless you. Good morning. Is it, is it afternoon? All right. My wife. Hi. Good. Hi, family. Good afternoon. Uh, Buenas noches. Bueno, Buenas tardes. Amen. Oh, it's so awesome to be here. I'm going to be um, quick, but uh, the worship team, muy, 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 muy bueno. Oh, it was so good. You guys should come to church every Sunday. Don't smoke weed. Come to church, get into the worship, and take a trip to heaven. Amen? So worship is the opposite of weed. You know, Mary Jane, marijuana, do not smoke weed. Get into worship. I'm going to make a t-shirt with that on it. That worship was powerful. It was so powerful because once the Lord gave me a glimpse into heaven, and literally if you get into worship, you can join in with the heavenly worship that's always going on. Amen? And then when I came here, the Holy Spirit put it on my heart, uh, since many of you may not know, but I'm going through this little uh, challenge that the devil is trying to, to bother me. And the Lord, I was taking a shower, and the Lord told me, if the devil bothers you, bother him. I said, okay, sounds good to me. So, uh, like, after my birthday, had a lovely birthday. I mean, I really had a, such an awesome birthday. I went to Cirque du Soleil, the movie, and then I went to dinner with my husband, the Cheesecake Factory. And we just were having, like, and we went to the, the Buster place and played games. I mean, I just had, like, a blast, right? And then, like, a day later, I'm in emergency. I'm like, what is this about? Anyway, but maybe, like, 10, 15 days later, they gave me this diagnosis of this rare cancer. I said, what the heck is this? But I was just knowing in God, knowing in God it's only a test. Everybody say it's a test? It's a test. So I was taking a shower, and I was like, Lord, praising the Lord. You should praise the Lord in the shower and all that good stuff. And so and do not smoke weed. And so um, I'm really serious, you guys, but I got to go because my husband has work. And bottom line is, the Lord said, if the devil bothers you, bother him. So I started praying for everybody who was getting chemo, and I'm looking around, and it's a lot of people of color, a lot of minorities, and I'm saying we need to really get in line with God's plan for our health, amen? And so then I began to pray with a few little different people, and then the enemy started attacking me again. I said, oh, I'm doing the right thing because he's trying to act up. So bottom line is pray for people when you're going through, it's a test. And then the other thing is the Lord gave me a lot of wonderful words. But the one I always said, I heard it in the song, and I always say that the Lord will perfect that which concerns us. Amen? But let me give you the whole scripture because my dad told me, don't quote half scriptures if you want to see total fulfillment. I said, Dad, you know, that will preach really good. I might even preach that. So it's in Psalms 138, verse 8. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. And what are we? The works of his hands, right? Amen. So I did a lot of little stuff that I wasn't supposed to do, but God told me to do it. Anywho, my husband will understand. It's the Holy Ghost. So we got a DVD about the Susan Street history. It's great. Get it out there. We have a towel. It's really a servant's towel, like waiting upon the Lord. And it has our logo, Azusa Street Apostolic Network. 
And we have a T-shirt that says, one, two, three, everybody say, hallelujah. Okay, it's 20 bucks, it's out there, but I always like deals, so if you buy two of these, you get that one free, okay? Good. A gentleman in the house. Amen. Wow, look at that. And now he gets a t-shirt. See, it's good to serve the Lord, isn't it? Well, it's so good to be with you tonight. And uh, I don't know why my wife said don't smoke weed. I don't know where that came from. That just kind of popped up. Don't smoke weed. But it's, we'll talk about it later. I'll, we'll have a debrief. We're like, why did you say but um, it's so good to be back with you. I think we were here last year in June, and, you know, I can really sense in the spirit a maturity. Something happened between the last time we were here and now, and I can feel it in the spirit. There's a, there's a stability in the ground and the spirit and the, the worship. You found your sound. Did you hear what I said? You found the embrace sound. This is you, what we heard this morning. This is, this is the sound that's going to begin to draw all the other people. Amen? And so I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud of Sam and his wife and what you guys have been doing here. You've been steady. You've been steadfast and movable in the things of God. And, and you've been a, a supporter of us. And he's been, you know, sort of a, uh, you know, I championed for him to go with us to Washington, D.C., and now we're, we're just good friends, and so God has really kind of knit us together for such a time as this. Amen? Who would know that we would be in a season where this stuff, Pharrell, would be expensive stuff, and it would be standard, uh, you know, stuff to carry with you? I mean, my wife and I, because we travel around the world, we've always carried Pharrell. We've always washed our hands, you know. I travel on airplanes, so it's standard operating procedure. But now everybody is freaking out over germs and viruses and pestilence and earthquakes. I had a friend of mine leave. He left. I think he, where did, where did the Woodis live? They lived in um, Woodland Hills. They moved from Woodland Hills to go to Oklahoma. And when they got to Oklahoma, they had seven earthquakes. I said, you should move back where God told you. <laughs> You're running away from earthquakes. They're following you to Oklahoma. And so it's just good to be in the will of God. How many are glad to be in the will of God? And so, you know, we're in a season now where, you know, my wife just gave her testimony of how she's been afflicted with a diagnosis, and we've been fighting the good fight of faith, and we've expressed our faith in God, and God's been, been able to give us revelation step-by-step step through the process. And so I want to share some of that with you today. We're in a season now. If you don't know, I think it's tomorrow will be the beginning of Pearl. How many ever heard of Pearl? So if you're with uh, the, the, our, uh, the Judeo-Christian heritage, you'll, you'll know our Jewish family. They come together and they celebrate. They remember the victory God gave them over this man named Haman. And when you say his name, the Jews go, Haman, they, they shout out. They make an open show of the devil, if you hear what I said. And so I want to share with you partly what we've been going through as a family. Uh, my, my life has been a missionary journey, an apostolic journey. Most of my work is really overseas. It's not really in America, although we, we caretake Azusa Street. We go to the babies that were born out of Azusa Street. And so that's like 800 million people around the world. And so God's been uh, sending us first to Europe. We were in uh, Belgium, uh, Italy, France, all the way up to Ukraine and, and all of those different places. And then God shifted us. I said, I'm pulling you out of here. I'm moving you to Brazil. And so we, we began to work in Brazil, and, and we've seen the fruit of Brazil. How many saw the sins and all the stuff that happened in Brazil? So all of that's been building for years. And we've been prophesying for years of a youth revival, and we're beginning to see that now. And so in this season of sitting and waiting for God's new instruction, he began to speak to us about India. And then I saw our president go to India, and the response, I was like, what? 
I think it's time to go to India. And so God's beginning to shift our ministry. And so we're in this season of waiting now. I don't know if you've ever been in a, a ship. When you're in a ship, you know, there's times where God just says, sit down. I, gotta t- I, wanna, I wanna show you some things. And so in the midst of all of this, God's been shifting our mindset and beginning to explain to us this thing that's coming on the earth. It's a global revival. Did you hear what I said? But it's going to be a season where there's going to be gross darkness covering the whole earth, covering people, and then the glory is going to arise upon you. How many say yes to that? And so you've got to be able to exist in a season of darkness separate from the world, but not in the world, but not of the world, but you're here. How many say yes? And so this, this season of Purim is very important for us. And, you know, the Bible is very, is, it is applicable in every season of your life. How many say yes to that? See, these aren't just stories. These are applications for truth to be revealed in your life in the season. How many say yes to that? And so with that, I wanted to take a look. Uh, I think it's in your, your, your bulletin, this text. I want to read a little bit. I'm going to read it in the NIV. I gave it to him in, in the King James because that's, that's how I study. I study the King James. But I want to read to you the NIV version of this. I'm not a big fan of the NIV, but it reads a little easier for those of us that are still on milk. But if, you're, if you like meat, you go and get the King James and dissect it with the Hebrew and the, the, the Greek and all, the, all the, the things that will really give you good meat. Amen? But I want to read this to you because we're, we're in a season now where we have to live in this world but not be of it. How many say yes? And so if you know your history, I'm a history buff, and so you need to understand these Jews lived in a, 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 a world, and in, in, in that season, the world was really the Middle East. It was Africa. It was Asia. And Europe was kind of just developing around this time. How many understand what I just said? And so this was the central world. This was the, in, in that season, the mathematics, science, reading, writing, all of those things came out of from Egypt to the Middle East, all the way up over to Asia. And so this is the world that they were living in, these Jews of that day. And so in the uh, Esther chapter 3, we're, we're going to be reading about this little lady. How many know Esther? How about you? And so her life is part of this generational blessing of the Jews living through their, they, the, um, how do you say, Nebuchadnezzar. How many know Nebuchadnezzar? Okay, and so the Babylonian kingdom, and then later came the Medes and the Persians. They kind of took over. So we're, we're seeing this world, worldview that we have as Christians that we can live like the Jews did in their day. Matter of fact, we ought to begin to consider what the Jews are doing today we need to do. They have their own schools. Hello? They train their kids. They train them to be separate. They wear yarmulkes. They still study their Hebrew language. Those of them, they're, they're going back to their homeland. How many understand? They know they're different. And you as Christians, we need to know that we are different. Did you hear what I said? And so my message to you is that we will not bow. We ought not to bow to the things of this world. How many say yes? We shall not bow. And so as my wife and I are going through our little situation, we just decided we ain't bowing to cancer. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, a weapon may be formed, but that don't mean it's going to prosper. Did you hear what I said? I'm saying this for somebody here who is going through a challenge. I want you to understand that that weapon may be formed. The doctor may cross his legs and sit down, and you may uh, meet a doctor like Dr. House, and that's what I met. I met a guy who was very, he was kind of anal, you know, he was, you know, but he was good. He found the cancer that was not there, but we had had an alert from uh, an intercessor in our meeting just a week before. We brought her in, and she said, there's something, and she whispered to my wife, there's something going on. 
in, in this upper respiratory area. You, you need to get it checked out. And so she did a blood test, and we, did, we went on about our business. She, we celebrated her birthday. I won't tell you what age, but she's under me. She's a, little, a year lower than me. We, we saw Cirque du Soleil in the movies, a private show. It was wonderful. And then all of a sudden, the next morning when we wake up, my wife knows immediately, I need to go to the doctor. Our doctor called immediately that morning. You need to go to the doctor. Something's wrong with the blood. And when they did the test, they did, they, I mean, this doctor did everything from bronchoscopy to colonoscopy. He went in and he looked. And he found something that nobody else would have found. And when they found it, they said, this is the rarest form of cancer that of of this particular time in Nordwadam, and he began, to, he crossed his legs and he said, it doesn't look good. That's when you have to decide whose report are you going to believe. Did you hear what I said? Uh, now, I'm gonna, I want to talk with you about this today because, see, you're going to have to realize challenges are coming to the body of Christ. Coronavirus is already here. Prophesy. Matthew chapter 24, earthquakes, rumors, wars, pestilence, all of these things. You should not be surprised by what's happening. You can live in this world but not be of this world. You don't have to be afraid like everybody else. Oh, get your Perel, get your face mask, but don't worry. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Now, you still need wisdom. You need to still wash your hands. Do the Perel. Don't go where you're not supposed to go. But, you know, God's going to take care of you. That, that's a confidence you should have in God. I'm going to say yes. And so I want to pray, and then I want to, we want to dig into the Scriptures for a moment, because, see, we're, for such a time as this, you have been saved. Did you hear what I said? See, the world's looking for an answer. And it's going, from everybody to the president to all the people in Hollywood, everybody's looking for an answer now. And we have the answer. Did you hear what I said? We have the answer. Now, do you have the answer? That's the question. Is he in your heart? Is he in your life? Are you being led by his spirit? Those are some questions you're going to begin to, you need to ask yourself. But I'm telling you, God is able. Somebody say yes. All right, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for each one that's here today. I thank you for the word that you're going to release to your people today. I thank you're going to open their eyes, open their ears, reveal to them the mystery of your will. Show yourself strong to them as you've done for Pastor Sam and for myself and our families and our ministries and all of us, all of those around us. I thank you that you're going to open the windows of heaven and pour them out a blessing. I thank you that the anointing of God will rest upon each one today and destroy the yoke of bondage. The spirit of fear is bound in Jesus' name. I thank you for doubt and unbelief. It's got to go right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that the spirit of God is here, and he will touch our lives and reveal it to us now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Now, come on, give a little good clap of praise now. All right. Now, before you leave tonight, I want you to make sure you stop at the product table, see my wife. I'm going to be praying for people. I'm going to lay my hands up on some oil. All right? And so you can have some. All right? But I, I want us to, I, I don't want to lay hands on empty heads. I want to lay hands on your heads full of the Word of God because when the anointing meets the Word, there's a revelation. See, many, per, many people chase the anointing, but they don't have the Word. Did you hear what I said? And so they go from meeting to meeting to meeting, chasing after the anointing, chasing after the anointed man or woman of God to receive something which they already have. Did you hear what I just said? This word is the incorruptible seed. It will not fail. But seed's got to grow. It's a process. And so God gives you special gifts to help get you into that place where you have manifestation. But you ought to, by now, be able to take this word and do it for yourself. Everybody say yes. And so in this story that we're about to read in, uh, I'm going to read in NIV. This is Esther chapter 3, verse 2. Look what it says here. It says, And all the royal officers at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman. 
for the king had commanded this concerning him, but Mordecai would not kneel down or pay honor. Then the royal officials at the king's gate said, Ask Mordecai, why do you disobey the king's command? Day after day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore, they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated, for he had told them he was a Jew. And when Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, he was enraged. In the King James, it says he was full of wrath. And so what I want to share with you today, this is what's going on right now today. We as a people of God are living in a world where they're making now new laws and new rules, and they're saying we need to bow down to those things. And there's people, officials like Haman. And Haman's an interesting character because, see, Haman, he got his position because of what Mordecai did to expose two people that were going to attack the king. And so Haman is promoted without really earning it, And we need to understand some things about what the enemy has laid hold on. They didn't earn this. Did you hear what I just said? The universities, you name them, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, they're all Christian universities. Hospitals. 90% of all hospitals were started by Christians or Christian ministries. Did you hear what I said? The media, the media prospered in America because they began to promote the gospel. And if you are old enough, you can remember the Ten Commandments, the robe, I mean, the whole list of things that were used to propagate the gospel through Hollywood. That's what prospered Hollywood. Somebody say amen. And so what the enemy has done, he has co-opted what we built and taken credit for it and is using it against us. Somebody say amen. And so Haman is in this position of authority because Mordecai had exposed the plan of the enemy to destroy the king. And so Haman's promoted. And then the time comes where Mordecai is walking to the gate. Now, the gate is very, very important for you and me. Because right now, what people don't understand about Donald Trump is that he is the man at the gate. Did you hear what I said? And he's really expanding his authority, not just in government, which is a a very powerful thing when he talks about cleaning the swamp, but he's also standing at the gate of media. He was already a gatekeeper in the media when he was doing his his television business at the time. And so he, he is a man who really understands fake news is really a rebuke to the enemy at the gate. Did you hear what I said? And so we've got to understand why God put him there, what he's giving us in terms of a heritage and time to prepare for the end. Did you hear what I said? You need to understand there is a conspiracy. You are not losing your mind to think that they're just picking out Christians and conservatives and people that believe the gospel. They really are coming against you, the Christian believers, in this season and in this generation. Somebody say amen. And so you're not losing your mind when you think of it's a conspiracy. No, there is a conspiracy all over the world. Right now, Christians are the most persecuted people on the planet. Did you hear what I said? They're cutting off heads in the Middle East. They're, they're making them slaves in Nigeria. They're burning them at the stake even in India and Pakistan. And so we've got to understand the season that we live in and how we're going to overcome. And the most important thing we need to do is to not bow. Did you hear what I said? Do not bow to the suggestions of the enemy in this world which says that, well, you know, you can have 15, 20 genders. No, don't bow to that. That's psychologically impossible. It's genetically impossible. It doesn't even make scientific sense. It breaks even the tradition, the thousand years of history and heritage that we've had throughout the world. Even when they were in Rome and had a man named Caligula, he never changed marriage. Did you hear what I said? They were doing perverse things in Rome, but they never changed marriage. 
It wasn't until just this last season where we had the audacity to change marriage and to declare something new and different. And so I'm here to tell you today that the Hamans of this world, there is a principality of power working through their lives to attack the people of God. And so as we stand in our place, you need to understand there are people asking the questions. People are watching, like they're watching Haman going, well, they asked Mordecai, uh, is, uh, is it okay for you to disobey the king? Is it okay for you to not obey what the laws of California say about your children and what they ought to teach their children? People are asking those questions now, and you're going to have to do like Mordecai where he stood and said, I'm a Jew. I'm a Christian. I have a Judeo-Christian heritage. Somebody say Amen. Now, I know some people say, well, we ought not to get involved in politics. Well, it's too late. Politics has gotten involved in you. And you're going to have to make a decision in these last days, and you're going to have to understand the power of the gate. Let me say one more thing about our president. One of the most important things that President Donald Trump is doing, people have not really recognized it, but he is putting in judges. I don't know what the number is, but it's almost up to 200 new judges. These judges are 30, 40 years old, some of them, and so they'll be there for generations. Donald Trump is literally saving America. Did you hear what I said? But there is a wrath, a rage from the left to attack him in every step that he takes. And he's not going to bow. I don't don't think you understand. God made him the way he is. He's not going to bow. He's going to double down. And we need to double down with him. We ought to pray for him. We ought to prophesy over him. And we need to begin to speak truth to power. Somebody say amen. And so there's, there's a generation of people watching. And we need to really begin to understand this season that we're living in is like the days of Esther, Hadassah, Mordecai, and Haman. And we're going to see in this season the real answer to the question, is God really who he says he is? Will he do what he says he can do? And those who believe, those who stand, those who don't bow, they're going to do exploits in his name. How many want to do exploits? So, and so most of you know the story of Hadassah. If you don't, I encourage you to go back and read it. But let me give you a couple of other, other scriptures so you can understand. This is like a good movie. You already, know the, you already know the end. How many say yes? But look what it says here in Amos. Amos is a very powerful passage of scripture. In Amos chapter 5, verse 10, it says, They hate him that rebuke in the gate and abhor him that speak uprightly. Now that's very important for you and me to understand. Because right now, I'm standing at the gate of my home. I pulled back from ministry. Normally, I'd be traveling. It's February. It was Carnival in Brazil. Normally, I'd be traveling. But I shifted everything to stay home and to stand at the gate of my home and say, no, cancer, you can't come in. Did you hear what I said? See, if I can do it at home, I can do it in the world, in the nations. Did you hear what I said? See, many people, they want to go to the world, but they don't do it at home. We have many pastors, they lose their family. They, they, lose, they lose their heritage because they go out and they do so much in ministry, but they don't take care of the home. The home is the first base. Somebody say yes. Matter of fact, let me tell you, the first institution wasn't a church. Did you hear what I said? It wasn't a building. It wasn't all the people gathered together. It was a man and a woman. Hello. And so God loves family, and every ministry needs to make sure that their family is secure, that they're focused on what is needed to be. And there's times where you need to pull back. And so I pulled back. I, I, I laid it down as a sacrifice. I said, God, I don't know what you want to do at Azusa Street, but I'm going to, and I don't know what you want to do for, for Azusa Street Apostolic Network, what we're doing around the world, but I'm going to lay it down. I'm putting my passport over here. I'm not going to go until my wife gets the victory. Somebody say amen. And so, and I've been having, I've actually gained weight because I've been eating my wife's cooking so much. It's my God. It's, so good. it's just good to be home. 
You know, that's the first time I got a chance to see the Super Bowl. I mean, I, the stuff I hadn't done in years. I was like, wow, well, I can stay home and watch football. This is good. This is fantastic. But as I'm standing at the gate of my home, I'm realizing, hey, we need to double down. If the devil's bothering us, we need to bother him. And so every morning, my wife and I, we're getting up, we're praying in the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what I just said? Every morning, we bother the devil. We, we call on God and we say, you, he can't come in here. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. We rebuke cancer. We command it to go in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. And so as we're fighting this fight at our gate of our home, we're beginning to see some very curious things. Number one, the doctor said initially she has stage four cancer. Can I tell them all? Can I? My wife says a little bit. Okay. But I want to tell them the good news, okay? They, they, they said she has stage four cancer. There's no really, we're not even going to do the surgery. She's just going to have to do chemo because it's really bad. And so when the doctor told us that, we doubled down and said, okay, we're going to pray even more. And so, but we began to speak to the cancer markers. The number was 2,800, 2,800, which is really high. I didn't understand all this at the time, but I, I knew if that's the judge of where cancer is, we're going to speak to it and make it go in Jesus' name. And so we began to speak to the cancer markers. The numbers, before we even did the chemo, dropped 400 points. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is pretty good. We got hope. You know, hope is a living thing. You know, God is alive. You know, he's with you. And so as we begin now, this is not without, how can I say, emotional turmoil. This sounds good up here. But behind closed doors, I hit the floor. Depression came at me. The devil hit me with everything you could imagine. But every morning I said, I ain't going to die. We're going to get up, we're going to pray. Did you hear what I said? And we began to speak to the numbers. The numbers dropped from 2,800 to 2,600, 2,400, my wife says. So then in immediate, and then she did one, one chemo. It dropped to 675. Somebody say amen. The doctors are like, oh, what's going on? I said, don't worry, Doug. We got this part. You keep doing your chemo. And so then she did her second round of chemo, and the numbers dropped to 67. Somebody say amen. I'm saying this because you're going to have to learn how to fight. And we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, love not our lives unto death. And, and so I'm not ashamed. Of, we're family, so we can share it with you. Amen? But then, all of a sudden, the insurance company calls. You don't qualify for insurance of this level anymore. We cancel you. Can you imagine that? Right in the middle of chemo. I said, well, we've reviewed the insurance, your Medi-Cal, you, you don't qualify anymore. And so then she's going to take a third round of chemo, and so it had to stop. Literally, it was canceled. And they're like, oh, okay. What do we need to do now? Well, you can appeal, but, you know, this is the government. And I said, okay, yeah, but we have a higher government. And so we appealed, and they gave us an emergency appeal, and we went in, we began, we had the state, and in the county, all saying, no, 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 they don't qualify, they make too much money. And I said, no, no, we adjusted our income. Most of what I do, I write off in the mission field, and our numbers are down here, we qualify. And I said, well, we didn't, get, we didn't get the tax returns. I said, oh, yes, you did. You didn't turn them in on time. Oh, yes, we did. And the judge comes on, and we have a conference call with the judge, and the judge begins to read all the information and says, you know, the county, you canceled them. Uh, this is wrong the way you guys did this. You shouldn't have done this. This is, and then he began to go down the whole list. He said, we're going to just give them, what, is it, what do they call it, APK. They're gonna, we're gonna, it's going to be paid and, and, and restore everything that they lost all the way back to where they were. Somebody say amen. And then we went, we went, went back to chemo. They did her numbers again, and the numbers dropped to what? 37. Now, 37 is normal, 
for anybody of any uh, stripe. And so literally, in the midst of all of this, we have already received the victory. Somebody say hallelujah. But you have to declare that. Somebody say declare it. And so the story of Haman is very important because they hate you. It's it's a system. It's a principality. These things, you don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It's wickedness and principality spirits in heavenly places. Did you hear what I just said? And so we've got to understand what we're dealing with. Look what else it says in Amos chapter 5, verse 15. It says, hate the evil, love the good, establish judgment in the gate. Did you hear what I just said? See, had we bowed, and said, okay. Had we bowed when the doctor gave us the diagnosis? I'm telling you today, she'd probably be in the hospital on her last breath right now. Did you hear what I said? I, I want you to get wisdom out of this. You don't have to bow to the diagnosis. You don't have to, you don't have to bow to the situation of your, your, your condition in life. You are a child of God. Somebody say hallelujah. And God will give you the victory. And you should already know the end because that's how you begin the war, the good warfare. You ought to know what God's already going to do for you. Look what it says. One more scripture here in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 19. This is the answer for all of you. When you're fighting at your gate, here's what it says. The evil bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous. Somebody say hallelujah. And so I want to conclude this message today because I want to pray for you. I want you to understand the reason many of us go through these things is one, and the Lord told me, he said, uh, you're an apostle, aren't you? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, why am I, why am I going through this? I'm your servant. He said, well, and he gave me a scripture that says, apostles are on display at the end of the procession. Did you hear what I said? And God puts you on display so that he can show his power in your life. Somebody say amen. Now, you may not be called into apostolic work, but I can tell you right now, you have to have a strong fortitude to really pioneer and go into some of these nations. Somebody say amen. And you've got to know that you know that you know that God is going to be with you. Somebody say yes. And so as this story of Esther continues, you know the story, Esther literally uh, realizes there's a conspiracy from Haman. She sets herself to fast and pray. She sets herself to go before the king. She says, if I perish, I perish. But she's going in there. And as she goes before the king, everything turns around. Haman has already prepared the gallows to hang Mordecai on. He's already prepared a conspiracy to kill the Jews. But God's got a plan. Did you hear what I said? God has a plan for you and me. But we have to cooperate with God so that we can see his plan manifested. And so you can't bow to the things of this world. You have to know what God has called you to do. You have to know what he has already set before you. You're the head, not the tail, above, not below. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Somebody say yes. Let me help you understand. You have to have the word in you already. See, we've had years and years and years of going through tests and trials. And so for us, the word was already deep within us that nothing is going to stop us from accomplishing his will. We just have to stay in his will. Somebody say yes. You can't touch things that will take you off of your course. For instance, when I'm traveling in the mission field, I can't have a girlfriend. Because one, my wife will kill me, and then she'll tell God to kill me twice. So none of that works. Did you hear what I said? You have to live holy. Now, we don't hear these words much in these days, but holiness is really about staying pure and connected to God. Does that, does that make sense? 
You're not contaminated with the things of this world. Yes, I want I want a five-bedroom house. I want this. I want to travel. I want to take my wife to Hawaii. All of that wonderful stuff. But I'd rather be in the will of God. Somebody say amen. And so I want to help you understand how this victory is won. You have the answer. And, you know, I've graduated these days from a paper Bible to a digital Bible. And, you know, it's still kind of difficult for me. I want to turn the page. But I want you to really understand how this works. You have in your Bible, on your digital pad or your paper Bible, you have testimonies. Did you hear what I said? Those testimonies, and the only way I can do it is to demonstrate. Let me demonstrate it to you. You have the ability to reach back in time and touch something. Ah, I remember what God did for me. Now, you're looking at a person who also was diagnosed with cancer, by the way, me. You're looking at a woman who also was diagnosed with glaucoma many years ago. When those tests came to us, when they, the doctor came and gave my wife the diagnosis she was going to go blind with glaucoma, I, something rose up inside of me, which I now know is the Holy Ghost, and said, no, 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 no. You can't go blind. We have a word over our life. We're going to travel around the world. I rebuke this glaucoma in Jesus' name. Do you know the doctors called her back the next day and said, you know, something's wrong with the test. We need to do this test again. And they gave her another diagnosis. And they said, you know, this pressure in your eye, it really is normal for you. You're not going to go blind. I tore up every, and I still today, they still send new letters to my house, like home. I said, no, not in Jesus' name, no. And she has not gone blind. We're traveling the world. When the doctor diagnosed me with cancer, five spots on my left lung, I also go to the VA. When the doctor diagnosed me with these five spots, she called me and said, you know, you need to come off the mission field. She knew I was a missionary, a believer. And so she said, you need to come into the hospital right away. Well, I didn't. I went on the mission. We prayed. And the Holy Ghost said, this will not hurt you. Did you hear what I said? See, you have a great benefit when you have the Holy Ghost. You can ask God. Did you hear what I said? You can inquire of God. He has, the Holy Spirit is the comforter. So if you have a diagnosis, he can comfort you. If you have a situation, he can reveal it to you. He can show you things to come. And so when the Spirit of God told me, it's not going to hurt you going to Brazil, I went to Brazil, and it, it began a transition in my ministry. And literally, I can go to Brazil. I go there and spend 30 days and preach every day, sometimes two times a day. Full schedule. And so when I came back from that journey, I noticed as a doctor, I did what the doctors told me to do. You know, doctors are important, so don't disobey the doctor. You can be a testimony to a doctor. And as I went through the x-rays, the bronchostomy, all of those things, those five spots went from five spots to three spots, three spots to one spot, one spot, completely gone. And it's in my medical record, spontaneous remission from cancer. Did you hear what I said? So all of this was to prepare us to be able to reach back and touch. Mm. Oh, yeah. I remember that test. Oh, yeah, I remember this test. No weapon formed against me going to prosper. Now, if you don't have that testimony, you haven't been through anything yet, don't worry, you will. But if you're not sure yet, don't worry. There's plenty of scriptures here that can help you. There's the story of David. David remembered the lion. David remembered the bear. David said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that's coming against me? And he ran to his battle. How many say yes? There's the story of the three Hebrew boys who were challenged with a fiery furnace. Daniel was challenged with a lion's den. All of them have a testimony that you can touch. You can remember. If God did it for them, he'll do it for you. Somebody say hallelujah. 
And so I just want to close today with this because, see, you've got to understand, these testimonies that are in the Word of God, your personal testimony, you've got to pull them out. They're weapons for you. Did you hear what I said? You can fight the good fight of faith by remembering what God has already done for you. And if he hasn't done it yet, find something in the Word of God that will tell you. If he did it for David, he'll do it for me. If he did it for Daniel, he'll do it for the three Hebrew boys, he'll do it for me. Somebody say yes. And so here, here's what I want you to do. I want, I want you to recognize the need for you in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 through 24, to speak to your mountain. Did you hear what I said? Don't be afraid. Don't bow when the doctor says you're going to die. No, no, look at the doctor and smile and go, mm-hmm. thank you, doctor. Uh-huh. That, that's what I had to do with this doctor. He was like Dr. Was his name House. He was very, but he was good. But he was not a believer. He was very logic driven. This cancer is rare. This is the end. But it's not the end for you. Did you hear what I said? It may be for somebody else, but not for you and me, not for the people of God. Somebody say amen. And so you're going to have to begin to speak to your mountain. And when you begin to speak to cancer, I got news for you. There is a name that is above every other name, Jesus Christ. And when you declare it, when you decree it, you're going to see that God truly is able to perform his word. Somebody say amen. Now, the difference between you getting a miracle and me getting a miracle is the very same thing. It's faith. Did you hear what I said? What's your faith? What's your level of faith? Do you have faith the size of a mustard seed? Well, that's a good beginning, but let that faith grow. The Bible says in, in Mark chapter 11, verse 23, let's look at it here. It says uh, in verse uh, 23, it says, I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and does not doubt in his heart. Now, that's important. Doubt. Don't doubt that God is God. Did you hear what I said? Doubt comes along with unbelief and fear. They hang out together. And I heard the voice of doubt. I heard the voice of fear. And you know, the devil really is really amazing. One of the first things I thought of in my pity party, well, who's going to feed me? My wife's not gonna be here. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's just—it's it, a foolish thing. But it's like, my wife? No, that can't happen. My wife's the best cook in town. I need my wife. In Jesus' name, no. <laughs> you know, sometimes it gets down to little stuff. I'm saying this so you can really understand. This scripture in Mark chapter 11, verse 23 to 24. It says, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what they say will happen. Do you believe what you say? Do you believe what you say is going to happen? Is it just scriptures that you remember, or is it deep in your heart? Because see, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, when people have problems, I can listen to them and see what they really believe, what they focus on. Now, yes, I know that there's a difficulty. There's an emotional attachment when it comes. And the enemy says, she's going to die. You're going to lose your wife. You're not, nobody's going to ever feed you again. <laughs> but finally, you have to dust yourself off, get back up off of your pity party, and face the devil and say, no. In Jesus' name, no. That may be weak in the beginning. You may need some people. You may need, may need to call a few people. I, I called a few people, shared a few things with them, and they said, okay, man, listen, God's not going to leave you. They began to encourage me. When, when our finances got low, I had a little lady, her husband uh, worked for Reinhard Bunke back in the early days, and he had just passed on, and she said, I know what you're going through. My husband went through that. She said, I'm going to send you a seed. And then another person from Israel, Amazing. Said, "How much? I'm gonna, I'm gonna bless you. What, do you have a, 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 
a way for me to give online. He said, yeah. God's been able to provide for us in the midst of this. Because see, the enemy comes, he comes to, to, to bring doubt and fear in your life so you'll bow. But if you don't bow like Mordecai didn't bow, you'll find out the enemy, he'll be enraged. He'll, he'll do everything he can to come against you when you already have the victory. Somebody say yes. He says, therefore, I tell you, what, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive, and it will be yours. So you got to pray. One of the, the, the things I think is weakest in, in many churches and many ministries is a prayer life. Typically, pastor, I work with a lot of pastors and apostles around the world. They're big ministries. But they don't have a personal prayer life. You can tell because, see, you've been hearing about pastors over the many, these many years. Pastors killing themselves. I always ask them, well, what did they believe about the Holy Ghost? Did, did they have a life of spirit-led prayer? Now, listen to me. Your mind cannot fathom the attacks of the enemy that will come to you through logic, reasoning, even television, and even other people. You need the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what I said? Because see, when you pray in the Spirit of Santa, when you pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps you. You don't know what you're dealing with. You don't know how deep it is. You don't know what the conspiracy is against you. But the Holy Ghost knows. And when you begin to pray in the Spirit, He prays the perfect prayer for you. He helps your weakness. He helps your infirmities. He helps you go through all the traps and the tricks of the enemy, and you'll have joy that you didn't know you had. Did you hear what I said? See, there, we went day by day in these last couple of months because she got diagnosed in October, the day after her birthday, on Halloween. Did you hear what I said? So we're in the hospital in emergency, not knowing what the problem is, and it's Halloween. My wife, she's out, but I'm hearing, you know, all of the witches and the warlocks and all this crazy stuff. And I go, oh, my God, I'm being attacked. But I had the Holy Ghost. And I'm telling you, that's the difference. And you've got to understand, the church is being divided even now uh, in, in this day. We're, we're hearing things about Europe now that are devastating. Church is completely empty. Church is being used as skateboard parks. They won't even give the churches to the new immigrants, the Africans and the, the uh, South Americans who are holding up the bloodstained banner in Europe. They're selling these properties and giving them to the world. And, and Europe is literally becoming a, a desert for Christians. I just saw it on the news in 700 Club. And so I'm saying this so you can understand. They're trying to do that here in America. Where the church is a building but doesn't have the spirit has the Word, but it doesn't have the Spirit. And so you have churches that have the Word. I, I just read a, an article about uh, the two uh, Southern Baptist church in, I think, Atlanta. The pastor was, senior pastor was 20-some-odd years. But in those years, he was having an affair with another pastor, and they got married. They left the church and got married. Two guys in a church. Because you can have a building... You can have preaching, but without the Holy Ghost, it's just words. Did you hear what I said? The Holy Spirit takes what is written and gives you rhema revelation. That revelation allows you to pray with the wisdom and knowledge of God. Somebody say yes. And so I'm here today to tell you this. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. This scripture is very important to you and me. It says, but don't throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. What God has promised is for you. It's yours. But now you have to do the will of God. The will of God is to stand. Did you hear what I said? The will of God is to declare His Word. Now, whether you feel it or not, it's not about feeling. 
Did he say what he said? Does he mean what he says? Do you believe it? And do you receive it? Now you have to walk by faith, not by sight. And in due season, you'll reap. You'll receive a harvest. Somebody say yes to that. And so I want you to stand on your feet today. I just want to pray. Bring the musician back here. He's really good. I recognize that anointing. It's like, okay, yeah, that's important. I'm very, I want to be practical with you. How many, how many understand practicality? I, w- I want you to be able to do it. Because the days of entertainment, those days are over. You don't need an entertainer when the devil's knocking on your door. You need somebody who's been there, done that, so don't worry, this too shall pass. Somebody say amen. You need somebody to say, I, I've, I've been there. Don't worry, Fred, we'll take care of you. I'm telling you, we, we're surviving because God is able to do what he says he's going to do, and he uses people. Did you hear what I said? You're going to have an opportunity to bless the ministry, and Pastor Sam will help you with that. But I want you to lift up your hands now. There's something holy in this room. <laughs> See, it sounded sound now. I remember when I was here last time. It was like, yeah, okay, yeah. A little Bethel, a little this, a little that, but no, now this is your sound. Did you hear what I said? I hope that doesn't offend you, but, you know, last time I was like, okay, yeah, that's Bethel, yeah, but no, now this is your sound. I can feel it. And see, that's, when you have your sound, when you know what God has for you, you can be you. You don't have to imitate. I don't have to be a T.D. Jake. I mean, I know all these guys. I mean, I've been with Benny Hinn, T.D. Jake. I mean, yeah, I even told Melissa. We were just with uh, um, our brother Tay. At the, I mean, these guys are fantastic. But he's got to work for you. He's got a lane for you. And so you don't have to copy. When you find your sound, you don't have to copy it. You can just be you. And you can stand and face the enemy. Like those three Hebrew boys, man, they were just being themselves. They said, oh, Nebuchadnezzar, our God, he can deliver us. Oh, yes, he can. My God is real good. But if he doesn't deliver us, Nebuchadnezzar, we still won't bow to you. And so you lift your hands today. Whatever your problem is, the situation, it may not be as grave as ours. But don't worry, one day something will come. And you better start practicing now. You would have said that. You need to start practicing now. To know how to get his presence. And see, my wife, she was, she was, they incapacitated her. They gave her all kinds of colonoscopies. Doctor came and talked to me. Crossed his leg. He's a very kind man. A house kind of guy. Very intelligent, but just is that. Looked at me. Said it doesn't look good. <laughs> I had to decide. Is he the final word? Oh yeah, he's. And they told me, he's the best doctor in town. If anybody's going to find it, this guy's going to find it. But he didn't have the final word. I sat back, because it was like a punch. Hello? It was like a punch. And I had to recover. But I've been in this before. I've had attacks against me. Deadly attacks against me. And that was my wife. That becomes, there's an emotional aspect to this. It's like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. No, God, not her. Yeah, he's did it to me, not, not her. But then I realized we're one. And I said, no, I don't receive this in Jesus' name. I'm not going to bow to cancer. I'm not going to bow to this transition. 
something good's going to come out of this. I'm going to get a new vision. And and in the midst of all of this, I get a phone call. (laughs) I mean, we're broke, but we got nothing. The guy calls me from Azusa and says, Pastor Fred, you wouldn't believe it. That building, that location, right on the corner of Azusa Street, it's available now. I go, huh? <laughs> he said, do you want it? I said, yeah. But I don't have any money. But God spoke to me and said, the Passover blessing is on you. Did you hear what I said? My wife and I, all the way up here, we began to dream again. I mean, we got big dreams. And so even the prayer room, they prophesy some stuff to us. They don't even know how right on target it was. Because we got some big dreams. We're, gonna, we're praying. Pastor Sam's the one who gave us the vision for the prayer wall on the Zeus. It's approved. All we need is a million dollars. Property right there in the corner. We could do it all. Everything that he's put in our heart. But there comes a time where he reduces you. He does this for a reason. So nobody gets the glory but God. So when you see it happen, don't worry, it's going to happen. When you see it happen, you'll be able to testify. Oh, Fred testified about That's how he overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. And we didn't love our lives until the death. If we perish, we perish. If we don't die, we don't die. Praising the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, I thank you for each one that's here today. Thank you for this wonderful ministry. Thank you for the call of God upon the people of God. I thank you that even now you're using all of these things that are happening in the world. You've stopped Friday prayers in Mecca right now for a little invisible virus. You've caused economic institutions to bow the knee your will. I think you're going to shake the nations. You're going to shake them. You're going to release your glory upon your people. And everybody's going to see, just like they did with Esther, Mordecai. I think, Lord, that you're, what the enemy meant for evil, you're turning around for good. So we're going to see the word fulfilled manifest. Nobody's going to get the glory but you. And so, Lord, we surrender. We bow to you and you alone. Not to this world, not to this school system, not to this education system, not to this media system, not even to the UN. We bow to you and you alone. You are our king and you're going to protect your people. I thank you, Lord, that we declare Psalms 91, Psalm 23, Psalm 24. <laughs> a thousand may fall on our left, ten thousand on our right, but it won't come near us. And so we declare that, and the world is going to see. They're going to hear it. They're going to say, why didn't you bow? Everybody else bowed. And we're going to say, because we're Christians. We're people of God. And our God will take care of us. And you're going to see, if you read the rest of the story, it's a wonderful story. I encourage you in these next couple of days, sit down and read Esther. Something wonderful happened. Haman is, of course, hung on his own gallows that he prepared for, for Mordecai. But then an edict went out. A decree went out. Protect yourself. Fight for your land. Fight for your family. And then something else happened. You read the end of Mordecai, the end of Esther. The Bible says other people began to convert and become Jews. You read, it's in your Bible. Other people began to say, I want to be a Jew. I want to be with these people. They have the victory. And so evangelism is about to change. Because as you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
people are going to look at you and say, how come you're not dying? Everybody else has got coronavirus. How come you don't have it? And you're going to be able to say, our God reigns. And they're going to say, I want to be with your God. I want to be, how do I, how do I become a part of who you are? And they'll be converted. If God did it for Esther and Mordecai, two people and a few intercessors turned the nation upside down. See, God doesn't need a lot of people. Hey, you just go back in time. Look what he did with Daniel and three Hebrew boys. God has a pattern that doesn't change. And if he did it for them, he'll do it for you. And if you ask your pastor, he can testify. I know your testimony about when the city threw you out. Look what God's done for you now. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for each one that's here today. I thank you for Pastor Sam and his wife and the team here today. I thank you that you're going to use them to declare your glory. I thank you that there's a sound that's coming out of this house now. They're drawing people. They're coming to the north, south, east, and west. There's multiplication of the ministry in this place. Lord, I thank you for what you're giving them for such a time as this. When the whole world is going to be in fear and doubt, there's going to be joy, there's going to be peace, there's going to be deliverance in the house of God. And so if you are in need today, I'm going to ask pastors, you have your team here? Can you just come on up here? I'm going I'm to pray for you guys, and then we're going to pray for everybody together. How about that? Ministry team, come face the people. Turn around, face the people. I'm going to come down there and anoint you. Will that be all right? And because of my wife taking chemo, she's, she's not going to lay hands on people. We're going to be wise. My wife has a word. She has something. All right, you guys hold out your hand. My wife's going to pray. Pastor Sam, I just saw the Lord, he says he's going to open a door with young people on college campuses. They're going to be just stirred up and they're going to flow into this house. You kept thinking it's the older people. He says it's the young people. 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 They're looking for something. They're burning. And then he says, droves, 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 droves will come, saith the Lord. Each one today, we ask you to bless the works of their hands. Reveal the mystery of their will, your will for them. And when they lay hands on the sick, I pray, Lord, that they'll see them recover. I think that not only are they filled with the Holy Ghost, but the Spirit of God is going to begin to lead them into deep revelation. There'll be an impartation of the Spirit of the Lord upon their lives, that when they lay hands on the sick and those who are depressed, I see depression and fear is going to begin to be a great malady in this nation. And God's going to use people to set them free. He's going to, they're going to come to the church, and you're going to rebuke the enemy joy of the Lord is going to come upon the people of God and those who don't even know God are going to come because they see the difference in their relatives. They're going to come because they see their relatives they were depressed and no longer are they depressed. And so Lord, we thank you for each one. If you want prayer today, I want you to come. They're going to pray for you and we're going to let the Lord use them to